Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick, and welcome to the first full week of December. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Jeff? You could see me working that out in my head, didn't you? <laughs> it was like, I was like, no, there's always three days last week, so it wasn't a full week. And now it's the first one. Yeah, yeah. I won't sound like an idiot saying that. <laughs> Just explaining it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all right. I'm good with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. <clears throat> How are things with you, my friend? Things are good. Um, nothing, nothing really going on. No complaints. Awesome. Um, awesome. Got most of Christmas <clears throat> shopping done. Just got to get Great. a few more things for my niece. And um, as soon as my mom sends her official list, because we do lists every year, and mm-hmm. um, then figure out what else to get her. I got a few things already, but um, just waiting to see what she sends out so I can, you know, finish that out. And then cool. be good to go. Yep. Awesome. Great. Every time I say I'm done, <laughs> I find something else. I'm like, oh, that'd be I need to stop. I need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard when you find stuff and you're like, oh, I hadn't seen that before. I didn't even know that was out. Right. Hmm. But yeah, uh, I was like, I want to give this a try. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, Friday was York's birthday, number 11. So we, uh, we went out to dinner to a place called Ta- Tailgate Brewery. Out, uh, they've got like three different locations. We went to the one out in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge area. And they've got like two separate rooms plus outdoor seating. And uh, the organist for the Nashville Predators hockey team, uh, Crazy Kyle, uh, was having a beer named after him. So he was actually there playing the playing the organ for two hours, usually uh, mostly Christmas music. Yeah. And, you know, he was taking uh, donations, but it was all going to the, it was all going to, uh, all donations to the Humane Society. So, um, so I dropped off a donation, then uh, I said, hey, I said, uh, do you only do Christmas music? I said, do you, I mean, do you happen to do happy birthday? For who? I said, my son, he's turning 11 tonight, or today. And then he asked his name and then started doing it. And I had to pull York out of the back room area where we were sitting. And, you know, so he can get embarrassed by a giant room of people singing happy birthday to him. Right. To which he then pulled his mask down, made me lean in and said, I hate you right now. <laughs> which means which means I did exactly what a dad's supposed to do. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he got over it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was great. Um, we all went out. York's mom joined us, and uh, one of his other friends. And then we, uh, yeah, and then we came home. He had some of his red velvet cake, and uh, that was about it. Yeah, he opened presents beforehand, and Bro was stoked about his ten packs of Pokemon cards. He ended up out of his ten packs, which who knows how much all that added up to. <laughs> that it ended up costing me, but I. Did it a couple, you know, like a few packs here a week. So yeah. I've been spreading it out for a minute. So it's not like I bought all 10 at once. So. And I think he pulled he pulled out two cards that we looked up and they're worth about $17. He 
each. That's like, well, shoot, that about paid for all your packs right there. <laughs> another one that was like eight, and another one that was like, say, two or three or something like that. But yeah, he got some good, some good pulls in it. So he was extremely excited. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, and we did the escape room uh, yesterday for his birthday party. Mm-hmm. So it's him, six of his friends, and then five adults uh, <clears throat> trying to figure out. Uh, it's basically like a school, but a playground also area that uh, like all the clues helped you solve things for each subject related to each sub- subject. Yeah. We got all of them done except for the last one. We were midway through the last one in time right now. So almost, but most importantly, we did get to leave. <laughs> so, That's good. So we're otherwise, doing better in the movies. We're doing better in the movies. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't hey, be here. <laughs> hey, exactly. I, I was a little worried at first because all the instructions in the video came on this on this TV monitor. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't like how this is beginning. <laughs> yeah, this is how Saw starts. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. Do you want to? No, play thank you. Yeah. <laughs> But everybody had fun, and we had cupcakes for everybody afterwards, so it made it easy for them to eat, you know, while outside. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, everybody had a blast. Grayson's ready to go back again. I'm like, girlfriend, if only you knew how expensive this is to go and do. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, it was it was a great time. Great time. So, uh, tonight is his belt test for his... Orange belt with a black stripe. I f- they redid the uh, they redid the belts system. How you know? So I'm not. I need to see a new chart now to see what's next. <clears throat> but he's testing for that tonight. Part one. Part two will be Wednesday. So cool. I think he'll be. Ju- I think he'll do just fine. I'm not even remotely worried. <clears throat> but um, yeah. Other than that, we were just. Just plugging along, man. Just plugging along. Trying to sneak in a movie here and there. Yeah. So, meanwhile, though, I take, I, you know, between doing all that, I did make time. I watched uh, The Morning Show, uh, mm-hmm. season two on Apple TV Plus, with uh, Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and. <coughs> You know, I wanted to do the whole make amends thing with movies, mm. but you know what? I have an actress I need to make amends with. I have to make a make amends with Nashville's very own Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Because I, I've not—I'll be honest. You know, I haven't really been like a fan of hers. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm good. Reese Witherspoon's in another girl, in another movie. Yeah, probably won't be watching this, and. I'm watching the season two and, you know, I liked her in season one, but they really kind of give, have really kind of added some meat, I guess, under her role. And, uh, I'm like, all right, I, uh, she's really good in this. And I got thinking, you know what? She's really good in big little eyes too. And I forgot whether there was another TV show she was on, but, um, I'm like, you know what? I need to make amends with Ruth Witherspoon and just go ahead and and just go ahead and accept that she's actually a good actress. <laughs> yeah. 
So, and I haven't disliked her. It's just, you know, they're just act- actors and actresses that for whatever reason you just don't like and you cannot figure it out. Just something. Just something about them. Yeah. It's just, just, uh, so Reese Witherspoon was kind of one of those actors for me. Um, but I've grown to like her, you know, in her roles. Yeah. And, and spe- maybe she's just choosing better roles. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just me getting older. I've just, you know, I'm able to appreciate things more. And, uh, but she's really good in the show. I mean, not to, not to, um, knock anything, uh, Jennifer Aniston does in this cause she's exceptional. They'll both probably get nominated for golden globes and Emmys and all that. Yeah. Cause they're both really good in this. Steve Carell has got a couple of good moments, but he it's, he's kind of like season one. He's not really the focus. It's more of a supporting role, but he's kind of the catalyst for why things happen on the show. But yeah, uh, it's really good. It's, it reminds me a lot of it this season. It's kind of reminds me a little bit of the newsroom where they take things that have actually occurred mm-hmm. and then just put their news program inserted it in the timeline, I guess you could say of uh, real events. So yeah, I, I like what they did this season. Billy Crudup plays such a good bad guy. Just kind of, he's not really bad. He's just, you're not, he's not your favorite character for most of it. A couple of times you're like, okay, that's kind of good. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of like those characters because they are bad because they're such a-holes most of the time. But every now and then they show some humanity, I guess. Um, she yeah, no, it's really good. Yes. <laughs> uh, Juliana Margulies joined this season and Victoria Gugliardo. I think that's how you say it. Uh, she was in Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, mm-hmm. She was in Rain Man. And there's another one I'm trying to blank on. Oh, Hot Shots. So uh, she, I hadn't seen her in for, in anything forever. I go, but uh, Steve Carell's character is supposed to be in Italy. Kind of, he banished himself to Italy more or less. And she's a documentarian that lives out there, and they meet up, and she's great. I mean, she's awesome in this. But I, like I recognized her voice more than I recognized her, right? Just because it's been twenty, thirty years since I've seen her in anything. But I was like, I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. I'm glad she's in this, and she's actually really good in it. I like, I mean, just the cast is great, and of course, Mark Duplass, who I absolutely love. And there was a great scene where uh, he has with his fiance on the show, but his actual wife in life life and real life there we go uh katie Hazelton. so that's and that was really sweet to see that i was like oh that's great <laughs> it's just like oh that's nice yeah they're able to do that so anyways uh so yeah the morning show all 10 episodes i watched uh ended it interestingly for the season but it's uh there's a lot going on they tackle covid during the season so, which is cool to watch how that evolves because you're seeing them at New Year's uh, on New Year's Eve, and then all the way, you know, you hear some hear somebody cough right before the ball drops, <laughs> start coughing, and you're like, and then it's like, uh, it's like, oh, that's 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 nice. That's a nice touch right there. I like it. 
and ringing in 2020. Yeah, and here we go, <laughs> and then here we go. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, second season is really good. I, I I really enjoyed it. So. And then we had third episode of Hawkeye. Yes, with a uh, character that kind of shows up but doesn't really show up, like a a hand meo. <laughs> right. It's it's because all you see is like a hand and part of a wrist. So you we know he's tall. Here yep. he, the person is tall. We don't know he or yes. she. Well, it's a he. It's a big. That's a big a hand. hand right there. Yeah, that's a big yeah. hand. So I was talking. So there's a. Um, we are introduced to. I guess you could say, not really a villain. We'll just say. Uh, I guess it's the antagonist not really a villain but still an antagonist for the show right now echo who is deaf um and has one of the has an amputated leg with the blade or no just a yeah it's just a metal leg i guess yeah and um she uh she knows martial arts really well mm-hmm. um she can read lips uh she yeah, communicates through sign language, but she's kind of the one that is head of the track, uh, tracksuit mafia, or leading it, at least. Uh, yeah. So, and kind of gives both Hawkeyes, <laughs> I don't know what's plural for Hawkeye, Hawkeyes, I guess. Yeah. Um, both set of Hawkeyes. <laughs> the set of Hawkeyes, there we go. You have a pair. pair or Anyways. Um, pair off for their money. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyways, gives them a run for their money during the fight, the good fight scenes, which picked up, I think, and uh, the car chase, which was really nice. Yeah, they but camera, there's camera in the car. Yep. I'd see. So, I'd actually watched that scene beforehand. I'm like, yeah. and it's still, still, like, it's yeah. just a favorite. Doesn't part. get old. Yeah, doesn't <laughs> get old. I was like, I bet they took that from extraction. That's what I was thinking about. Like, oh, look, this, this this cinematographer gets into action. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a great flashback scene, though, where that goes in her martial arts class. Is it her dad or uncle? I think that's her dad. Her dad. Okay. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, saying he has to step away for work. But uh, go ahead and continue your practice. Um. And then uh, it gives her a hug, and then the person that's there with him, just all you see is a suit arm. Mm-hmm. Well, a <clears throat> a suit coat, and a hand that weighs this giant hand that weighs that's laid on her shoulder. Yes, that's some dude. That's got to be Kingpin. That's a, there's, it's no other, can't be anybody else. <laughs> and then uh, discussing this with someone at work, and they're like, well. He's like, yeah, and it's got to be the original one. I go, Michael Clark Duncan? He's like, no, not that original. He's, he's dead. I go, I said, listen, it's Disney. I don't put them past anything. What they're doing these days with CGI, you just and never I, know. You never know. <laughs> and he goes, but the hand's white. I go, I go, listen, I don't see color, okay? I, no. see <laughs> I was like, big... I don't see color. But I didn't see black. I didn't see white. I just saw a big meeting hand. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, that's a good one. I said, yeah, yeah. it's not even seven o'clock. I'm already doing my best work before work. <laughs> so, 
but yeah, so that's a so it's got to be D'Onofrio, obviously. I mean, yeah. Then again, it could be Clark. I don't know. We don't know. It's Marvel. You know how they switch stuff up. <laughs> true. That's true. I might have found another meaty, <laughs> another <Yeah>. meaty man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, very impressed with how the series is going. I hate that we're already halfway through it, though. That irritates yeah. me. That that part irritates me, but. Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, man, it'd be cool if it was at least eight. At least eight. Since they started off with with the first two episodes, it'd been cool if it had been an eight-episode series instead of six. Exactly. But they got to get it out of the way for Spider-Man. <laughs> I guess that's why. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> mm, grumble, grumble. But yes, no. Loved it. Um, I probably will rewatch the series again because yeah. it's just a lot of fun. So yeah, but that's what I've been watching at least. Uh, along with that, I'm caught up on Insecure. That's on HBO. Like this whole week, I just been watching because 30 minute episodes and just been burning through it. So I'm caught up on the current season. Watched a new one last night and kind of kind of sad. This is going to be the last season. It's going to end after five, three episodes left. Um, but yeah, I, I might. I mean, it might be a series I watch again. This is how much I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then I've been watching Dexter, so I'm caught up on that. And I think this series has kind of made up final season eight before. So I'm enjoying this so far. Okay. And um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm still haven't got around to watching the new season of Dexter. I'll get on that hopefully soon. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, and oh, and I just remembered I started watching this morning on HBO Max. They dropped a special uh, T Titans Go to the holidays, so it's a I'll say a holiday special series, <laughs> like season, I guess. Mm-hmm. It is 11, I think 11 episodes, no, like 11 or 12 episodes, and they're only 11 minutes each. I mean, they're short. You'll yeah. I mean, you bust them out in an hour easily. Um, yeah. But it's great because they, you know, they basically tackle Christmas, New Year's, and Thanksgiving. And just, yeah. So this is perfect for any of you that have kids that... Love uh, Teen Titans Go or adults that we've teen that love Teen Titans Go because I watched it by myself because it's funny stuff. It's very yeah. clever. Yeah, good writing. And uh, yeah, no, it's so far I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm only three episodes in, so yeah, it's good stuff. And then I know HBO Max has another claymation Santa series that I think Seth Rogen did. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I probably will this week report next week because it is that time of year in which uh kind of hit holiday stuff that i have that i've never watched before right uh new stuff and even old stuff uh, and even ones i've never had any interest in but um as we've learned from last holiday season with our guest <laughs> my wife um you know them lifetime and hallmark movies are going to be on in this house so chances are i'll probably catch one or two. Yeah. 
So like a Pokemon, I'll probably catch one or two, but I won't catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> so she's been upset. I got, uh, she was very late to the Pokemon go craze as in like started like two months ago. Yeah. And that's all she does now. Every time I'm driving, she's doing that. It's, I was over here on the computer working on, um, working on a special thing that will be put out tomorrow. Um, special project, I guess you could say that'll be, that'll drop tomorrow. Um, and I looked over at her and all I could see was the glow from the phone by her face while Grayson was taking a bath. I go, I said, I said, Hey, uh, if you could take a minute from Pokemon go, can you, she goes, how do you know what I'm doing over here? <laughs> I said, okay, what are you doing? And then she just kind of paused and <laughs> she goes, it's none of your, it's that's beside the point, but <laughs> I'm not playing it. I'm organizing. I go, I said, but it's just funny how I already knew though. <laughs> Predictable. <laughs> yep. So uh, I'm just glad she's having fun and it's good distraction for other nonsense going on. So, but Hey, speaking of holiday movies. Yes. Oh, do you have anything else? Before we move on, um, well, just real quick, yeah, I read a book that I've been meaning to read, screenplay by Sid Field. Mm-hmm. Just going over the screenplay structure. I think I still and have uh, my best friend Mike's copy from college somewhere. Hey, I was supposed I to. Actually have, I actually have two copies. This is the third edition, and I have the the last edition that came out. But I read the third edition, and so it went over. You know, several different movies are referenced. One of them, Chinatown, which I haven't watched yet. Yeah. But I picked up screenplay for the Chinatown from the writer Robert Town. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's two two screenplays for that movie and Last Detail. But once I read Chinatown screenplay, I'm probably gonna watch the movie afterwards. There you go. Whenever I finish that. They. Uh, yeah, Sidfield loves to use Chinatown in that book. That's yes. like his. Big old reference in it. So yeah, I've read other I've read other screenplay structure books where yep. Chinatown's referenced. So yeah, but yeah, but that's pretty much it, I think. Oh yeah, I, I find- signed up. I did sign up for Paramount Plus and Showtime. Okay. Their bundle finally went down to nine ninety nine. So I'm like, I'll go ahead. Yep, do we'll, that. We'll do that. Yep. Yeah. Good. Then you'll be able to watch one of the movies I'll be talking about today. All right. So, yeah, I saw that on there. So, <laughs> um, cool, man. That's awesome. Um, so, moving on to our feature presentation. So I'm looking at the wrong notepad. I'm like, nope, that's not the right one. <laughs> there we go. Moving on to our feature presentation. To keep along with our holiday spirits that were in December, we. <laughs> We chose the video on demand uh, release because I don't think it's because I haven't been able to see it fine in theaters. So I believe it's just on demand. Uh, The new Bruce Campbell movie, Black Friday. Um, I think you and I, I think we made this the hour back. But yeah, this is. You could tell this was written by somebody that's worked retail. Yeah. Or probably 
it may still be a work in retail. I don't even know, but they're like, I hate this so much. I am going to make a movie. Why don't you write a movie? Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> so Black Friday is about a group of toy store employees that must protect each other from a horde of parasite infected shoppers on Black Friday. Written by Andy Greskoviak, directed by Casey Tebow, or Tebow. It stars uh, Final Destination star Devin Sawa, Ivana <laughs> um, Baquero, Baquero, Ryan Lee, Stephen Peck, uh, Black Manta himself. Uh, and I was. I'm going to run a nickname by you here in a second that I thought of while I was watching this. Uh, Michael J. White as Archie. Bruce Campbell as the store manager, Jonathan Wexler. Mm-hmm. Louis Kurtzman as Emmett. Celeste Olivia as Anita. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking Michael J. White has played Spawn and he's played back Black Mana. So I'm like, Black Spawn? Kind of a joke on combining those two characters, but then it made me think of Black Swan, <laughs> which then <laughs> made me think of <laughs> of a, basically it's a black mana suit, but with a Spawn head and cape. Yeah. Spawn uh, head and cape, and that it does ballet. Black Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> A movie nobody wants to see. <laughs> no. <laughs> Except maybe a clown and Aquaman. Possibly. <laughs> uh, so that's where my brain went while I was watching that. So I'm like, yeah, maybe Archie's a good name too. <laughs> so the movie starts out with uh, Devin Sawa's character, Ken, picking up Ryan Lee's character, Chris, at uh, his ha- at Chris's house, where he's still living with his parents, mm-hmm. and they're having basically leftovers because it looked like they're having Thanksgiving, but it's the day after, so yeah, they're having or, or that or that night or that Thanksgiving yeah. night. It could, yeah, I guess. And they, uh, you know, and him having to leave his family so he can go to work at this toy store that obviously he has no interest in, but he's there to make money. Yeah. And also nobody could get off work. So the uh and then Ken just shows up, he's got you find out he's got a family that he's having to support. He has negative interest in this job too, but it's a job so he's just, you know, there because he has to, not because he wants to. Pretty much everybody but about two characters and two of the employees are there. Because they want to. Because <laughs> yeah. um, Stephen Peck's character, Brian, and then uh, and uh, and then uh, Celeste Olivia's character, Anita. The only ones that are happy to be there to bring joy to, cust- to shoppers. And it's great because one of the opening scenes is you see this glass to the front door, but it's kind of a fogged, one of those kind of fogged glass, whatever you call it, frosted. Frosted, mm-hmm. no, no pun. Um, <laughs> frosted glass, and then you just see a person's body come. You see their hands, and then the rest of their body come up, and it's just 
a shopper wanting to get in, yeah. and not a zombie. But what turns out is that there's this almost like a brain-shaped parasite or alien type thing that shoots at. It almost looks like Spider, like the like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man shooting at the web. Yeah, but it sucks to their and sticks to their mouth and then you know the ghost full alien on them and then uh you know then turns them into a zombie more or less yeah i mean it doesn't face hug them but you know it latches on and then uh and then it turns all the shopper ends up getting a hold of a couple of the workers and then you find out during that uh then turns them into zombies and then when the uh, the staff then has to protect themselves from the shoppers because the shoppers are going crazy. Yep. <laughs> it's not just because of the sales. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not just a uh, you know not just a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Well, still probably a metaphor, but <laughs> yeah, how crazy shoppers are on Black Friday. And yeah, it's it is exactly what you expect from this movie i mean it's it's not trying to be anything more than what it is no there's i mean it's i mean it's a b movie but it is a good b movie i guess is a good way to put it like it's done well it's it's shot well it's got a lot of good humor in it and yeah it's just done really well i i've really enjoyed it actually yeah like i i thought it was fun I kind of wanted more Bruce Campbell, but I think they, whoever made it, you know, was able to get him in there and then just use that as like a marketing, you know, way to get the, the movie. I don't want to say made, but always get more, uh, interest traction. Yeah. Traction and interest. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, think, I think it would have done just fine with Michael J. White, to be honest. Yeah. To get enough interest there, but, uh, but no, I. I like it because Bruce Campbell played a character that he's not really, he's playing an unlikable character for a change instead of a likable character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did like it. I just wish it had more of a, I didn't feel like it had a real definitive ending. Maybe it just kind of left open or something. I don't know what happened at the end. I have no idea, but, um, it was, it was okay. Like, um, I just thought it was just okay. You know, not everything hit with me, but um, overall, it's decent for a streaming movie. Um, it's not terrible. It's worth it's worth a watch at least. But I just felt like the ending was just I don't know. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I get it. I think they just left it open for a sequel. I think that's the only thing about the ending. It's like oh, because <clears throat> they. So what happens is they are able to get in contact with another store, um, <clears throat> the another I Love Toys store, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they were being attacked also. So this is happening at all the toy stores. So it's not just their store that's it's not an isolated incident. Yeah, and these parasites, you know, all the zombies and everything, the parasites are growing. Grow until it manifests into this big, huge 
kaiju, I guess. <laughs> Parasite kaiju thing. That it's they have to take down. It did have a kaiju name. I forgot the name they gave it. I did think it was funny. Yeah, I can't remember. But, um, but yeah. But it's... Um, But yeah, it so it was filmed in a uh, former Baby's RS, so that's kind of you know fitting. Yeah. Uh, the last two days of the shoot was when the crew shot the final scenes that are outside. They got lucky with the weather, as the next day there was a blizzard that crippled all of Massachusetts. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, talk about perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it it definitely has you know it's kind of. It doesn't rely a lot on plot. It's just, mm. it's. I mean, it's a zombie movie, so it's not really going to be heavy on plot, because you know, no plot armor there. <laughs> it's very yeah. light on the plot armor. It's, it's the, uh, what, do you, what do they call it, playmate plot armor. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. But it's, I mean, it's still entertaining. It's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's not, I mean, again, it's not trying to be anything more than what it is. No. Uh, which is just a fun movie to watch and, you know, and enjoy. And then be like, okay, that was cool. What else do we got? And then go on. I mean, so, if they do come out with another one, then maybe like, I can, maybe I can appreciate yeah. the person more depending on how they go from there. Right, right. Yeah. Where they go from there. Yeah. Maybe it'll be uh, 10 Black Friday Lane. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it would be cool just to see the other locations, what happened, and maybe they have, you know, or maybe you have a different movie that's not focused on these characters, but these other ones, and then they meet up with the other right. ones at some point. Yep. You know, do that. Trilogy. Like a universe. Yeah. Yep. Trilogy. Build it up. Yep. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, oh, uh, So it doesn't have a rating. I don't. I think there's minimal cursing. I think there's a couple, but it's fairly minimal. I noticed, and the violence is so hokey. It's campy violence, yeah. so you'd be all right. If you were wanting to watch it, I wouldn't. I'd let him. I wouldn't think he'd care. Yeah, it's not um, bad. No, and it's an hour and twenty-four minutes long, so it's it's a short movie too. Yes. So. AKA the sweet spot. Actually, under that, it's like the yeah, sweetest under, spot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So you were talking about Showtime earlier. Uh, I watched The Humans. Uh, it's now in theaters and streaming on Showtime. The Humans is actually based on a play. It's set inside a pre-war duplex in downtown Manhattan. The Humans follows the course of an evening in which the Blake family gathers to celebrate Thanksgiving. As darkness falls outside the crumbling building, mysterious things start to go bump in the night and family tensions reach a boiling point. It stars Richard Jenkins as Eric, Jane Hudichel as Deidre, Amy Schumer as Amy, Beanie Feldstein as Brigid, uh, Stephen Ewan as Richard, and June Squibb as Momo. It's directed by, directed and 
I guess, screen adaptation, since it's based on a play, by Stephen Karam. Um, excuse me. Stephen Karam is known for Speech and Debate, The Seagull, Side by Side, and, excuse me, Side by Side, Susan Blackwell, which is a TV series. Um, so, yeah, basically, Bridget and Richard move into this really rundown apartment, which I'm like, I don't even know how this passes code, but okay. And y'all, like, y'all are voluntarily moving here. <laughs> like, I would move outside the city and just take a train or subway on boat. Okay. Yeah. And it's about, they're waiting on their moving truck to show up with the furniture and everything. So they're having their Thanksgiving dinner and you're learning different things about each character. Uh, Amy has, uh, shoot, I forgot some sort of digestive disease. I forgot what it's called. Um, not IBS, but it was a different one that's affecting her work. And she's pretty, she feels like she's about to get let go. Like her job's about to let her go. Um, because it's a it's affecting her billable hours, so at her law firm. So that's going on with her. The matriarch of the family, Momo, played by June Squibb. Do you think she's got some sort of like? I mean, she's declining. She's in a wheelchair. She's mentally declining. She doesn't have a whole lot of lines in the movie. Um. But both Eric and Deidre are having to take care of her or help take care of her. And you find out that Eric moved from basically working maintenance at a private school to um, to a different position, mainly just because nobody else there was nobody else to fill it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's going around looking at the apartment and all the things that need to be fixed or wondering if it's going to be an issue and all this because he's worried about it. Um, the structure, I guess. And then, um, and then DJ and Bridget's relationship. There's this movie is really weird and it's beautifully shot. The lighting in it, it really is really well done. The colors that they choose for each room and how it's shot. It's directed really well. Acting's done great, but I don't know if it's the editing or if it's how it's just being told. It just seems like whenever there's an argument or a discussion about something, it just abrupt. It seems like it abruptly ends, and yeah. then things are better. Like it's just, it's just so weird <laughs> how it's done. So there's a couple of scenes where Eric and Richard are both talking about nightmares they've had. Eric talks about these nightmares where he's in his house, but yet there's like this almost like an alien abduction type thing. But instead they're like just being watched. Mm-hmm. Like we're just that the, uh, he says, we're just all being watched, uh, by these aliens and that, um, they, it's a woman without a face. Like it's all just, I guess skin shown, sewn shut or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that, 
but they're just watching what we're doing. So they go learn from us. Uh, and that's just all he said. That's in my nightmare was just that that was their sole purpose. And that's why we're here. It's just from them. Like they're really just here watching us. And he said, it just felt so real. And so he hadn't been sleeping a whole lot. Um, Cause he's been having several nightmares like that. So it's making you think that maybe that's what's actually going on outside this apartment. Yeah. So it never shows anything. So kind of it's left up to the audience. And then Richard's character has not similar dreams or nightmares, but, but also having kind of off the wall ones. It's just weird that all these characters are here with their own various different, uh, Not confrontations, but you know, arguments that they have with various characters in the in the movie. So it's almost a study in human relationship and and family, and how and there are like weird noises, but you think it's just the they you know uh, Bridget and Richard say it's just the neighbor upstairs that just makes because the floors are so so uh, the building's old, so you know. Floors and ceilings and all the walls, you know, are just kind of real thin and that you can just hear what's going on. And but things start falling and different, you know, kind of weird things. I'm like, so is it ghosts or what? Nothing's really explained. I can't find anything like trivia wise (laughs) to help explain what's going on. When the movie and the power goes out from time to time, but they have these like lanterns that they can use. And. And like right at the end, when before everybody leaves, they Richard's like, I mean, not Richard, uh, Eric's just like trying to uh, trying to figure out where these sounds because he was the only one in there. But you hear pots and pans falling, so you're wondering what's going on, and he can't see anything. He hears this god awful noise, which is one, you know, if he's having these weird nightmares about aliens you're like oh my gosh we're finally about to see what's going on right. and then it's just a neighbor that goes by in the hallway in her walker or whatever that's making all the horrible noise but now i'm like trying i actually re-watched it so i could try and see i'm like does i was like does this neighbor have like is her face like like is it does it have like can you see her eyes and mouth <laughs> like yeah. pretty much i'm like i can't it's too far away i can't oh this is annoying but he's not freaked out after she leaves, so I'm assuming then I'm like, okay, it was just a build up. Yeah. It would have been I think it would have been cooler if that's you know, if he was the only one to see that lady go by and you know, she was the face the faceless woman. So but no. And then it kind of just ends when everybody leaves. I'm like not sure what's going on with this ending. I mean, because it yeah. I probably would like it as a play. And I mean, acting is great. I like again. I have nothing really wrong with it. I just was hope, I was wanting some more. Like I, I need more like clarification. Is is this just a family having Thanksgiving disagreements and stuff? And you find out different revelations about about uh, Eric and Deidre that come to light. But I don't want to spoil it because that's kind of a big. I don't want to don't want to say reveal, but. Um, 
something that kind of been mountain that you kind of been they hint at throughout the movie and you're just kind of waiting and then at the end of the movie they kind of <laughs> it gets revealed and then not that big of a deal i'm like seems like it'd be kind of a big deal to me <laughs> pretty 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 big deal but okay i i don't know it was just odd um but i did enjoy it i mean I, again i thought the performances were really well done um i don't know what kind of traction it'll get for awards or anything like that but um yeah it was fine i i enjoyed it yeah i'd, I'd be interested to hear what your take is for sure yeah, I kind of yeah. forgot about it, but I'll probably watch it. Yeah. So, The Humans, hour and 48 minutes on Showtime and in theaters. So, to go from one A24 movie to another, <laughs> I think this is... It is, um, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it sure is. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> why it's beautifully shot. <laughs> yes. Um, another movie, another one that's also beautifully shot, but maybe makes a little more sense uh, out of all the other A24 stuff we've watched. Yeah. Uh, come on, come on, uh, which was released this past Friday. That's an hour and 49 minutes. Directed by Mike Mills, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Gabby Hoffman, Scoot McNary, Molly Webster. Um, Jabuke, Young White, and Woody Norman. So this is about a radio journalist, or podcaster, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, embarks on a cross-country trip with his young nephew. And basically, uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays Johnny, and he's a radio journalist slash podcaster. And it starts off showing him and his colleagues interviewing different kids. They start off in Detroit. And they're just asking them questions of what they think about the future. And kids give their honest opinions. And, you know, they say a lot of things that make sense. You know, they, they make commentary about how, I mean, like different kids throughout the whole movie make commentary about how, you know, adults kind of forget where they come from as kids, kind of lose touch. And, you know, the kids trying to find their space in the world. And it, it's it's kind of one of those movies that makes you think about things kind of maybe rethink some of your actions in a way but the the main meat of the movie is about um johnny reconnecting with his sister after having not spoken to her over a year after their mother passes and you know and he calls her and he learns that she's gonna go help her estranged husband who's moved out and moved to oakland but he's been having issues with uh, his mental health and He's not really dealing well, so she's trying to assist him, but she has no one to watch her son, so he offers to take care of his nephew while she's gone. And what starts off as just being like a weekend thing turns into like several weeks because, you know, her husband Paul's not doing so well. She wants him to get the actual help he needs, like get him admitted to a hospital so they can assist him. But in the meantime, while she's doing that, Johnny is pretty much learning what it's like for her as a parent to try to balance work and take care of a child. You know, he's about nine years old, but he's, um, okay. I guess you can say he possibly maybe dealing with some mental health issues. Cause he pretends to be an orphan. Like there's a scene where okay. he's talking to his mom. It's like, is anybody home? It's like, yeah, I, I kind of ran away from the orphanage. 
You know, I didn't like the bunk beds. The cool if I sleep here on the couch. You know, she just kind of plays along with it. Yeah. And um, you know, that's kind of how they deal. Yeah. And so when it's him and John, when Johnny and uh, his nephew's name is Jesse. So when he's alone with him, you know, he starts learning the different kind of quirks of him. And Jesse wants him to do these things, but he's like, man, this is just, this is dupe. this is dumb. Let's just do some normal stuff. And then he's like, so what, what, what really is normal? You know, this is normal for me. So, you right. know, so, you know, it's kind of like them tra- kind of going off of each other. It's good chemistry between Joaquin Phoenix and Woody Norman, even though nine years old, you know, um, so Jesse kind of has a tendency to just do things because, and I, I don't know, kind of like, I guess you could say maybe he's got, maybe he has ADD or ADHD. Maybe he's like real hyper. Uh, he's a kid that you definitely don't want to give sugar to because he just kind of goes off. He doesn't go sleep. There's certain uh, routines that his mom has with him that he tries to, that he teaches Johnny to do. Like, this is what my mom does to get me to go to sleep. So this is how you got to do it. You know, to kind of learn from each other. It's kind of like a trust thing. Johnny doesn't really right. understand being a parent. Jesse's not really comfortable because this is an uncle he hadn't seen in a while. And so it's just them adjusting to each other. Um, but it's a, it's a good movie. It's all black and white. Um, the only part that's not black and white is like a tribute card that they show for someone but other than that everything is black and white uh start off in detroit johnny lives in new york so he convinces his sister to let him take his nephew to new york with him while he continues to work they even go to new orleans and um it's a good movie i think this one may may get nominated for something okay i don't know which i'm not sure which award show but i feel like it could get a best picture nod okay and um yeah, it was good. Like I uh was in my in my feelings toward the end, you know. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's just kinda kind of a heartwarming and touching movie. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's on my list of wanting to see and I just hadn't gotten to it yet. Yeah, I didn't That's... know about it till like late in the week. I'm like, oh look at right. that. I'll go check it out. <laughs> okay. Well, switching gears from a movie that that probably got that might get into some nominations to one that no. <laughs> so uh, the uh, podcast, how did this get made? Did a re-release from an older episode they'd already done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a, cause it's the holiday season. So they're releasing like us, they're doing holiday movies. Awesome. Yeah. So they re-released one that they did. I want to say like two years ago that I remember listening to, they covered, uh, the TV movie Holiday in Handcuffs. So we were listening to it yesterday in the car. Um, and Ruth's like, will you watch this with me tonight? I'm like, will you be staying up to watch this? <laughs> and uh, for anybody wanting to know that answer, yes-ish. She made about halfway. I watched all of it, but yeah, she made about halfway. So yeah, uh, so I ended up watching Holiday in Handcuffs. From 2006, one hour, 26 minutes long. It feels every bit of that, if not maybe a hair longer. Um, it uh, stars Melissa Joan Hart as Gertrude Trudy Chandor, Mario Lopez as David Martin, Timothy Bottoms as Dad Chandler, 
Marky Post as Mom Chandler, June Lockhart as Grandma, Kyle Howard as Jake Chandler, Vanessa Evigan as Katie Chandler. Vanessa Evigan is the older sister of Brianna Evigan from Step Up to Colin the Streets and Step Up All In, directed by our friend Trish C. There we go. Six degrees and all that. Uh, also, the do- the oldest daughter t- of my two dads, star uh, Greg Evigan, the one that's not Paul Reiser. <laughs> um, so, the movie's about a struggling artist working as a waitress who kidnaps one of her customers to bring him home and meet her parents at Christmas. So, you know, the usual. <laughs> The <laughs> what else are you going to do during the holiday season? I mean, come on. Yeah, why not? Uh, bless. So yeah, so Trudy was supposed to take her, was supposed to go home for the holidays and uh, bring her boyfriend Nick. Her boyfriend Nick decides, you know what? Not really about meeting the parents right now, and I'm not even sure if I really want to continue this relationship. And basically. Dumps her at her work. And yeah, right. And so desperate times, desperate measures and all that. Because basically, you know, her sister is the one is the good is the good child doing all, you know, successful and all that. Mom and mom, I think more than dad has higher standards, especially when it comes to the holidays. She's Mm -hmm. one of those that crazy gets into it and is expecting her to bring her boyfriend home to meet them so that they can see that she's doing okay. And that basically she's got her life together and all that. So she uses, she works at an Indian diner, not a restaurant, but a diner. (laughs) And there's this, uh, old, it looks like a pirate gun like one of those flint lock ones um, yeah. that was used in the Indian English war or something like that. I don't know, something like that. And so she grabs it and uses it against, uh, uses it as a way to basically get Mario Lopez's character, David into the car and uh, into the car and basically blindfolds him with her scarf and, Handcuffs him. Actually, no, he tries to escape, slips and falls on ice and then knocks himself out, as you do. And mm-hmm. these guys in these kind of movies. Yeah. And she drags she drags his. She drags him. I guess she got some sort of superhero. Dang, she's serious. <laughs> yeah, I guess he did. I mean, almost, you know, I would say dead serious, but we'll just say <laughs> we'll say uh, there, <clears throat> it was a knock. It was a knockout, but not a drag out fight. Yeah. <laughs> It's a knockout dragging. Um, it then uses, I guess, it looks like pantyhose, I guess, as handcuffs. And <laughs> he eventually wakes up halfway through this drive. They stop at a gas station. He runs in. Or no, she goes in and uh, the guy pumping uh, working there is an older gentleman. He's. He talks about how he always pumps gas for the ladies. And she's like, no, 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 I got this. But then she sees that 
And then he's asking what all's going on there. And she's like, well, it's a surprise. I'm taking him to meet my parents. And he ends up bringing out some fuzzy handcuffs. It says, well, here you go. These may work a little bit better. Dang. Yeah. So that they use the fuzzy, you know, yeah, they use the fuzzy handcuffs and meeting the parents. Of yeah. course, you got to handcuff them in time. Yeah. 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 So, it. <laughs> so it's, you know, she's having to, I mean, obviously she sounds crazy, which I'm not far off. And he's, uh, Davey's just like trying to get out of there. Now this is 2006. So smartphones are not a thing yet. They're, they're all using flip phones and even still flip phones are, they're not used to, they're, like only a couple of them in the family have one. So they're all like landlines and wire, you know, and uh, cordless phones. I don't remember what they used to be called cordless phones. Um, so mind you, David has a fiance back in New York that he was supposed to be meeting at the Indian restaurant where he was going to propose to her. Whoops. That may put a damper in things. <laughs> But who proposes at an Indian diner, though? Unless it was, like, where they met. But the one he's engaged to is, like, his comes from money. Like, the mm. mother, the soon-to-be mother-in-law. Like, there's a couple of scenes with her, and she's a bit much. And not that the daughter's much, not that the fiancé would be much better, but here we are. Um so it's I guess it's just to show the difference between the two families as far as uh, the dynamics between the two different families. Yeah. So through different things, David starts just kind of going along with it once he realizes that nobody like nobody's coming to rescue him. I guess he's just gonna suffer through this trip until he goes back home. Yeah. And uh yeah. It's it's everything you think these kind of Hallmark Lifetime movies are. It just follows, I mean, it follows all the beats and, um, yeah. It's, is it cute? Yeah, it's fine. <clears throat> it's fine. I'm not going to watch it ever again, but it's, it's fine. What's interesting, though, about this is not, what I find more interesting than the movie is who directed it, okay? To kind of give you an idea. <laughs> of uh who directed this movie so the movie is directed by ron underwood which everybody's going to be like who have you know he directed three episodes of fear of the walking dead (laughs) uh he's filmed two episodes of the tv show evil four episodes of hawaii 50 magnum pi macgyver the updated uh, versions, right? <laughs> yes, all the updated Agents of Shield, Nashville, Grey's Anatomy. I mean, he's mostly done a lot of TV lately. Burn Notice, Desperate Housewives. But as I keep going back, even he- a couple episodes or an episode of Heroes from 2010. But as we keep going back, he's directed the Santa Baby movies one and two. Jenny McCarthy, uh, the year without Santa Claus in the mix with Usher. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Hold on. The adventures of Pluto, the, the adventures of Pluto Nash. 
Oh. <laughs> Mighty Joe Young. Speech, which, which is one of my all-time favorite romantic comedies with Michael Keaton and Gina Davis. Basically about uh, James Carville. It's based on... The character's essentially based on James Carville and his wife as speechwriters on the campaign. Oh, Speechless is great. I love it. It's a great rom-com. If you can find it, definitely watch it. It's 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 dated, but it's super cute and really funny. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia is in it, too. Uh, Christopher Reeve, um, pre-horse accident, um, is in it. He's great. I love him in that. Anyways, I highly recommend that. It's PG-13 and now we're in 39 minutes from 1994. Um, also directed Heart and Souls with uh, Robert Downey, with uh, Iron Man and Aunt May. <laughs> uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei. Uh, oh, wait, not that's only you. Sorry. Heart and Souls with Robert Downey Jr. and Charles Grodin, Alfred Woodward, Kira Sedgwick, Tom Sizemore, David Paymer, Elizabeth Shue. Like, it's another huge cast. Anyways, I I really enjoyed that movie. City Slickers and Tremors. Those were all the movies he directed. And now... Meanwhile... Also, Holiday in Handcuffs. Well, I like some of those. (laughs) Right? I'm like... Got some hits there. It's got some hits and some chops with, like, comedy and stuff. Yeah. Would have liked to see... And... Yeah, a little more humor, I think. Like, actual humor, not not holiday movie humor. Yeah, Tremors. Right? Classic. <laughs> yes, several, several, several of those classics. Yeah. But it's fine. It's a holiday movie. It's, it's fine. I prefer others, but, um, but it was fine. So this, was there was there a reason why she decided to kidnap someone instead of asking them to help her out? <laughs> um, we'll just go with she's not in her right mind and probably needs therapy. Some kind oddly of enough, oddly enough, at the end of the movie, she's not the one that goes to therapy. I'm <laughs> just like, this is odd, but okay. I'm kind of seeing some of the snapshots of the trailer, and yeah, just I'm not much of a hair person. But that plays that plays into <laughs> it. The cur- the perm plays into it. That's at the beginning. Yeah. She left she left it in too long and put her her towel wound up over the uh, timer so she didn't hear the timer go off because she was also on the phone. She's looking pretty crazy there. <laughs> oh yeah 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 big time. The hair gets better throughout the movie, so I'll give it that. <laughs> so, anyways, that's holiday handcuffs. Uh, it's on Hulu if you. For whatever reason, I want to watch it. <laughs> or if you want to watch it after listening to this and then the uh, how did this get made breakdown of it. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah, man. All you. <laughs> uh, my final entry is a movie that I've kind of been waiting on watching. I almost I kind of forgot about it till I saw an advertisement for it. Um, it's called Nine Days. Which um, it's a 2020 movie, but it didn't get released till July 30th of this year. And I picked it up on Blu-ray. Just it was like on sale. It was like nine bucks. So. Okay. And I kind of double dipped because I couldn't watch it because I would have had to hooked up hook up my PS4 
or something because I don't have a Blu-ray standalone player, so I end up getting it digital <clears throat> also. <laughs> so thankfully, it turned out to be pretty decent. <laughs> um, but the runtime is two hours and four minutes. Directed by Edson Oda, and it stars Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, Benedict Wong, Tony Hale, Bill Skarsgård, David Reisdell, and Ariana Ortiz. Uh, it's about a reclusive man conducts a series of interviews with human souls for a chance to be born. So basically, Winston Duke plays an interviewer named Will, and he has he sits in He's in a house that's like in a desert and he sits in the living room watching these television panels with all these different lives going on from previous souls that he selected. Mm-hmm. And so he just watches them all. Just He's a watcher. He's basically the watcher. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the individuals happens to die in a car accident and which frees up a spot for a new soul to come and play. Okay. So... He's kind of, he kind of spends a lot of his time trying to figure out what happened because he's watched this particular person every day. So he's, he's kind of bothered by not picking up on the signs that may have led to this. Okay. But either way, it's not really much he could do because he can't, as a watcher, he can't interfere. <laughs> right. But um, so uh, Benedict Wong plays Keo, who's a soul who's never lived. Now, now, Will, on the other hand, he's actually lived, but he, I guess after his passing, he got a chance to be a, become an interviewer. Okay. And then he has these five random souls that appear. He kind of starts off giving them their name. He just randomly gives them names. And it's funny because when Zazie Beats comes in, he calls her Emma. And he's like, well, can I choose my own name? And then they kind of go back and forth, but then she ends up picking Emma anyway. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's, weird. it's weird. Maybe just spell differently. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she just wants to choose it i don't know yeah. <laughs> but um so they have nine days it's kind of like almost like a competition or or a selection process where within nine days he'll pick one person and they just basically each person comes in he asks some questions like there's one question where like there's a war and standing on his chair is your son with um rope wrapped around his neck and the guard tells you to pull the chair and if you don't pull the chair he's going to kill your son and everybody you know so basically regardless what happens that's going to you know and um he just gets their response you know it's like there's no right or wrong just what would you do would you fight would you pull the chair would you not you know whatever what have you and after these different questions he also asked them to just monitor these souls that these lives and then make notes of it or pick different moments that they like or don't like. And after so long, he starts kind of elimination process. So if you're not selected, he gives you the opportunity to relive a moment and he'll try his best to recreate it. And so, so he, he's kind of like the only interviewer that does that. Nobody else. So like, if he doesn't suit you, you're gone, but he at least gives you a chance to relive a moment that you like. And, um, kind of sad because you know you know what's going to happen so when you when you witness it you know they're kind of happy they kind of don't want it to be the end then they just eventually just kind of fade away they literally just fade away and um but it's an interest it's interesting you know because you know there's there's four five people you pick one person to replace this one soul 
And if you're not selected, you're just you're you're stay in. That's it. You're just done. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just interesting, you know. And uh, it's kind of him, in a way, kind of tackling some things that he dealt with when he was alive. Um, okay. He gets confronted with that, and it. I mean, it's cool back and forth between with him and especially Zazie Beat's character. They're kind of like the main character along with um, gotcha. Benedict Wong. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. This one, this one might end up on a nomination ballot, I think. Okay. I feel maybe like for his performance, you know, Winston Duke, like those, mm-hmm. all three of them, Winston Duke, Zazie Beats, and Benedict Wong might get nominated. Um, or maybe just the whole cast. It's pretty. It's pretty right. good. Yeah. I think it's worth checking out. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, I've only got one trailer, and it's probably the only one that's going to matter. <laughs> Anyways, um, it so a teaser, I guess what they're calling it. First look, I don't know. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Part One. Yeah. So the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse has gotten a first look, I guess is what they're calling it. And it's a the only thing that's shown is uh, it shows Spider. Well, it still shows Miles Morales listening to the same Post Malone song. I'm like, we haven't moved on to a different song. Come on, man. You're like my kid. You're like my daughter getting stuck on on either uh, fancy or like. It's like we. It's time to move on. I mean, it's kind of good. He's not letting 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 media moguls control what he listens to. You know, he, <laughs> he likes what he likes. <laughs> no, no, just Sony. He's just letting Sony control what he likes. <laughs> True that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, you see Gwen, you see uh, Gwen Stacy making a come out, uh, make an appearance, and then uh, basically she wants to get Spider Man to come out to play more or less, and so in doing so they go through I don't know like a multiversal wormhole or something like that, and then boom, Spider Man twenty ninety nine makes an appearance, and then that's pretty much all you see. Through different saw, versions of animation, so saw a cool uh, TikTok on that with the voiceover. It's pretty funny. Okay, Michael Fire, uh, I'll send it to you. Okay, yeah. Um, so at least according to IMDb, uh, Shmik, is that Shmik? Uh, yep, Shmik Moore um, plays Miles. Is going to voice Miles Morales. Haley Steinfeld replies reprising her role as Gwen Stacy. Issa Rae is going to voice Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman. Yes. Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara. And Jake Johnson reprising his role as Peter B. Parker. And that's all that is listed right now. It's expected to release October 7th of next year. So... Plot is unknown. So, yeah, fun times. That's it, man. That's all I got for trailers. Part one. So, when I was watching Come On, Come On, they showed a couple of trailers. 
two movies again from A24. Um, one of which being Red Rocket, which stars Simon Rex. <clears throat> He's playing uh, Mikey Saber, who's a washed-up adult film star who returns to a small town, tech, to a small Texas hometown. Uh, not that everyone really wants him back, so it's kind of like a comedy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where did I have that? I got it written down on my calendar, on my planner, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, like I hadn't seen it anywhere else, but that's just where. Um, and then they hear they have the um, you may I think you may have mentioned it before the tragedy of Macbeth with Denzel. Yes. Washington. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be on good. Apple Apple TV Plus. Yeah. So, so I might yeah, actually yeah. sign up for that just to be able to yeah. watch it. <laughs> right. It's yeah. It's it looks good. It's good, 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 good. I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm on board because I mean, Macbeth's crazy, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> put an A24 spin on it. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading it in um, a senior year of high school. English teacher, she had the had it on the story on vinyl in the in the books for us to read along with it. That's like the first time that I'd ever read or heard of Macbeth. And mm-hmm. that's what kind of motivated me to buy the complete works of Shakespeare, even Shakespeare. though I've only read that in Think of Midsummer Night's Dream, because when I bought the book, the movie was coming out that summer. I think it was. Yeah. Got what? I think it was 99. It's, it's been a minute. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I didn't even watch the movie, but I read. I read oh, I read. it was good. <laughs> it's actually a good adaptation. Brana, Caleb yeah. Brana does actually really good uh, Hamlet films, I guess. Not Hamlet, uh, Shakespeare films. Yeah. adaptation films um one of my favorites actually is much ado about nothing which actually has keanu reeves in it um so imagine watching bill watching ted quote shakespeare so that's my sorry that's my best <laughs> it's not very good it's terrible wow I mean, it's probably better than what he can do it now <laughs> yeah i know right um that's a true story. Um, but no, actually, that's one of my favorite brand on uh, Shakespeare movies. Much Do About Nothing. Because um, that one's actually funny. You don't really have to know like the Shakespeare uh, lingo, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, yeah. In order to know what's going on and enjoy it. But it's really well done. Midnight, Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, Stanley Tucci as Puck is actually really good. Um, yeah, it's very funny. So, yeah, those two are both really good. And I have watched, I've had, shoot, I had a dissect a scene from, I had to do a compare and contrast. I took a, in college, I took a 500 level, which is a graduate class, uh, Shakespeare, in order to get, I had to take a 500 level, uh, English class in order to get my minor in English creative writing. So, because mm. he still didn't get his, <laughs> I took it. I and I got a B, I think, in it, and it was it was not easy. But I do a compare contrast paper between the two movies. I could either do the two play or I had to no, yeah, I had to do between the two movies. Um, between the Kenneth Branagh, Mel Gibson Hamlet, and the uh, Ethan Hawke Hamlet updated. Hamlet. Um, whereas I think between like two, 
like he was taking over a corporation instead of a kingdom. So, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So that's the only reason why I've seen, like, watched over because I had to dissect the hell out of it. So I watched the Mel Gibson one more times than I've wanted to, to be honest. And, uh, I mean, it's not bad. It's fine. Um, and the Ethan Hawke one's not the worst. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, which is why, yeah. But she'd go back to doing those and not these Her- Hercule Poirot uh, remake movies. But, oh well. Is what it is. He's moved on. <sighs> I guess so should we. <laughs> <laughs> With that note, <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, oh, okay. Well, and uh, we're going to have something special dropping tomorrow, I believe. So check your feeds tomorrow. And um, not a whole lot coming out this week. Uh, West Side Story, Being the Ricardos, which is uh, Nicole Kidman as, as Lucille Ball and Javier Bardem as uh, Ricky. So, or Desi Arnaz, whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, and J.K. Simmons as William Frawley. So that should be interesting. Encounter and Agnes also coming out. Then the week after is Spider-Man No Way Home, Nightmare Alley, and Swan Song. Just in time for for winter break. Yep, yep. Here we go, man. <laughs> All right, from both of us to all y'all, we hope you have a great week, and we will talk to y'all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.